It's July 2018, and the state of Massachusetts has given out its first recreational license to sell adult-use marijuana. Cause for celebration? Well, don't bogart that joint just yet. Lester's Cultivate gets the prize, but doesn't have a license to grow it yet. Huh? This is what happens when government gets involved with a business they just don't understand. Just ask Attorney General Mara Healy, who wants to give towns in Massachusetts more rights to slow down this process. Once again, voters speak to allow recreational use of cannabis in the state, but the government treats this new fledgling industry like a necessary evil. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of In the Weeds with Jimmy Young. This podcast is available on iTunes, Stitcher, and the CLNSmedia.com network. You can also find the video recording of this entire program on the brand new, drumroll please, theweedtube.com. We're talking with Bob Karp, who is a, a certified expert on the marijuana cannabis business yeah in fact uh, i'm sure do you know jordan tischler dr jordan yes tischler? yes so he's been in on the podcast i sat with him for an hour and 20 minutes i just signed up for his program and i'm happy i did because he's going he's looked at my entire medical history he's an internist harvard educated uh, undergrad and medical school he's going to look at all the ailments that i have my arthritis the four surgeries i've had and now he will create a a program that will allow me to use it in the right dosage. He'll say, this is what I think you can do for this. This is what I think you can do for that. And to me, that's the proper way to do medicine. 100%. Look at the whole body. Yeah. Look at what one chemical is going to do throughout your whole body. And if you've had, obviously, four surgeries, you've had ongoing medical issues, time to try something different. Right. And under a doctor's supervision, it makes perfect sense, especially someone that understands the titration, the dosage is what's going to cure you. The dosage is so key. And of course, every person is different because everybody's endocannabinoid system interacts with this differently. So the only way Absolutely. to learn is being your own guinea pig. And and therein lies a, a difficult process for a lot of people. But we have those who have medical cards and those who have tried it are you know weaning themselves away and figuring out what dosage makes the most sense for a lot of people who have used it on a regular basis over 30 or 40 years you know they're so used to smoking it and they know that if they take one or two hits off a joint that is a medically based uh, flower product they'll be high okay it, they're not going to sit there and smoke 20 joints in a day. They're not going to sit there and become stoners for the most part. You know, it's like talking about um, people who drink alcohol and saying, well, anybody who drinks alcohol is an alcoholic. You know, th that's it makes no sense to me. And people do understand that analogy, you know, because for the most part, now I have a glass of wine with dinner. Oh, I said, that's like having, you know, one or two hits off a joint or, or off a vape pen. Oh, you know, I had th I got drunk the other night. Oh, yeah, how many? Did you? I had four or five drinks. Okay, so that's like having, you know, four or five hits off a joint or whatever it is uh, comparable. Point being, you don't know until you try it and see how it's going to react into your body. And the only way, again, go to a, go find a doctor who understands this. Jordan's trying to create an association of cannabis medical experts. What that makes perfect sense to me. 
Jimmy is 100% on the right track. And let me tell you why his expertise is so necessary. Jordan. I'm Jordan. Jimmy. He's Jordan. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's okay. Jordan is by far on the right track. The issue is people have been smoking for 30 or 40 years. They're never getting the same substance twice. Correct. Maybe they know a grower, but in reality, they're going to get it from someone they know that happens to have it. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're self-medicating is constantly evolving, but they have a very good idea how much of any particular kind will take care of an ailment that I might have or will get me high. Imagine the speed and the efficiency we can do if we know every batch is consistently made, almost like something that's sold in a grocery store that you know is bulk produced. Mm This will give the consumer the confidence, I will try this brand. So then the marketing money will start to make sense. Right now you can't, most places have absolute just total no tolerance for marketing. You can't advertise. Plus, you have commercial places like Facebook and others that will close your accounts if you do anything for advertising cannabis until it's accepted sufficiently for us to get some real, real evidence on how people react, the good, the bad, the indifferent, and how to regulate it correctly, the correct logistics. We're constantly just trying to reinvent the wheel in every different town. It just It's a waste of money. It's a waste of effort when we could move this whole argument ahead so much faster if everyone was pulling on the same oar. What's going to be the, the key determining factor to moving it faster? What, what is the, the thing that you'd like to see happen in the next month or two that can advance this industry quickly? The only thing that advances this industry, whether it's quickly rapidly or at a snail's pace is going to be tax money. Not the money that's put in to help build the places. When all of a sudden places start to report a billion dollars in tax revenue for a year, everyone sits up and listens because this isn't federal tax money. It's state tax money. It's state tax money. It's going to go directly to the general coffers. It's not like we're going to have to use it to buy roads or contribute to other federal efforts. This is state money that can find a use. Teachers, infrastructure, places where it is desperately needed. And it's a syntax, which makes it even the most attractive of all. I don't have to pay it. If I don't smoke marijuana, I'm not paying the tax. You are. If you want it, what's better? It's not the sort of thing where, okay, I worked, I have to pay taxes. This is entirely your choice. There's no obligation to use it whatsoever. There's no obligation to pay the tax on it unless you use it. And we're not going to be able to actually get to that point until we find a testing lab that gets licensed and then uh, give a license to a recreational store or whatever, a dispensary, and they have to grow it uh, to actually get to the point where they have product that they can sell. So, I mean, we're still months away here. We're still a long ways away. And even perhaps a year away from looking at any benefit of tax revenue. At least a year. At At least least a year. year. Well, it's legal. We can say that, right? Agreed. We can say that. Whatever that means, being an attorney, you know, sometimes there's definitions of what legality truly is, and it keeps guys like you in business, and why not? It's the American way. And there's a double hit for towns, which people, you know, I, I don't see reported in the press. They put it together, but they don't put it together. It's, go ahead. So for, so, for example, let's say you're in a town that wants to have, uh, you decide you're going to have recreational cannabis. I have to do what's known as a host agreement, where I have to promise the town X amount of dollars, and the state has one on its website to help people. X amount of dollars a year, maybe a percentage. Mm-hmm. And that's not including the mandated 
tax revenue. Seventeen percent. So towns can see double what they're doing. Right. So I, I, I sometimes I'm very hard pressed to understand why you wouldn't wouldn't want to have it, knowing your citizens voted for it. It's already there. Why not start taking money out of it? Right. And regulate it and make sure you know what you're getting. And I, to me, that's an argument that just makes the most sense. And and hopefully people will finally come to their senses. I don't know. Uh, I, I did live to see the day where it's legal in my home state. Never thought in a million years that I'd be going to a commission hearing. Totally agree. And hearing Stephen Hoffman, the commissioner, make an analogy about relegation in the English Premier League of Soccer and the cannabis growing fields. I, I was, it, it actually boggled my mind that I was there for just that moment. And uh, I give them a lot of credit. They have a tough job to do. They tried to do it as best they can. I know they want to crawl before they walk, before they run. But, you know, you're also stifling the growth of the towns. You're, you're, you're still holding back on money that can be used to improve the infrastructure of the town, the education of the town. Uh, and you're also stifling the hiring of people. I know so many people my age. Well, let me put it this way. 50 plus. Let's leave it at that. 50 to 75. That's a good range right there. Okay? That works. That have years of experience in business and finance and, and education and running businesses. They can't get hired. They can't get a W-2 job anymore. Exactly. So, you know, and here's a new industry that they could impact immediately and help grow. And yet the legislator is not doing, should people pick up the phone and call their local reps and just say, what's going on? I mean, I don't know how else to create something. I think the phone call doesn't work. I think I until know. other people decide to run for office based on not entirely a cannabis platform, but something that's saying, you know something? We need infrastructure. I have children in the public school. I don't like seeing you know 30 kids, 40 kids in a classroom. I don't like seeing that, okay, there's nowhere to serve lunch. You're going to eat at your desk. When you have money sitting there right. that essentially you can tap anytime you want, but you're right. just, you have this automatic wall that comes up when cannabis gets mentioned. Well, Bob Carp, uh, I can understand why a mutual friend of ours wanted us to get together because I've enjoyed chatting with you. Thank and, you, Jimmy. And it's good to know that there's someone else out there who's fighting for the rights of and all this. Uh, again, tell us a little bit about the book and where they can find it on Amazon. Um, I have currently seven books on Amazon. One is the Marijuana Business Operations Guide. gives you essentially a 40-page business plan plus everything you need to know to get into the business or how the operations I have the seminal book on IRS 280E called IRS 280E and its application in the cannabis industry. Within it, I have actually taken five or six different kinds of companies, like a um, someone that is a grower, a retailer, cultivator, processor, and shown you how their taxes work with sample tax returns, where you plug in things based on income statements, balance sheets. So it's a real look at it, and it's actually worded for the layman. I have CARPS legal forms. A lot of people are spending tremendous amounts of money with lawyers. So I've taken about 40 of the documents that I use most often and published them, kind of like a rocket lawyer for cannabis people. Mm -hmm. I have a, a three-book set on, on um, standard operating procedures, which are becoming mandatory in most places for retailers, cultivators, and processors that run between um, uh, about 400 pages each. That um, I have a security book coming out on how to write a security plan that will be out in the next uh, 60 days. So I, I, I'm always, and I lecture a lot. I try to stay as involved in the industry. I'm 
try to help people. Also, I do it for a living. So I'm a believer in it. I think, you know, it probably in my lifetime, Jimmy, it will not be where I expect it to be. But it's good to know that people like you, like me and others, have hopefully created a path for people to walk down and see there's a beautiful stream, parks, everything we want is there if we just embrace it and just realize we can harness it. We can make it work for us. It will not become something that will damage us if we put our arms around it. Right now, it is unharnessed. So any ha- anything bad that happens is essentially our fault because we pass rules and we're not using them to control it. There you go. Bob Karp is the man. You can certainly find out all his books on Amazon. And we so appreciate him taking out the time of his day to come in and talk with us here on In the Weeds, a podcast that you can find on iTunes, Stitcher, and the clnsmedia.com network. And remember, you can also find a video recording of this entire program on theweedtube.com. For Bob Karp, I'm Jimmy Young. You've been listening to In the Weeds. In the Weeds is a podcast produced at the studios of Little Park Media in Wellesley, Massachusetts for the listening enjoyment of our audience. None of the opinions or advice on this program should be considered medical advice or a substitute for seeing a certified medical marijuana practitioner or your local physician. All opinions and thoughts on this show do not necessarily represent the management of CLNS Media Group or Little Park Media.